All right, what's up, everybody? This is a very special episode for me because by the time you're watching this, it will be my exact five-year anniversary here in Los Angeles. And this is also our 10th episode of The Angel and Tony Show. Yay! Insert hip-hop air horns here. So this episode is going to be about toxic masculinity. And I wanted to start off with a story. Story time! I went to Japan with one of my best friends. And one time we were on a roof looking at a sunset. His girlfriend said that he was crying. My immediate reaction was to start laughing at him. And I was like, bro, you are not crying right now. And he was like, you know, it took a lot for me to be able to be here. And it was our both of our first time leaving the country. And he was like, it's cool how everybody on top of this building all went to this one side and we're kind of all having this moment looking at the sun together and it just got me emotional. And after he explained it, I kind of felt like I was the, the, the idiot for saying something about him, like having an emotion out loud. So then after that was when I sort of started hearing this term on the internet, toxic masculinity. And I thought it was kind of like just another hot button. Yeah, buzzword that like people were saying. And I also was hearing it from girls more than anybody. And my first reaction to it was to get defensive. Like, how do you know what being a man is? You're a girl. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that like I was I've been bred to be like a certain way my whole life. And so is my dad. So is my granddad. Like men in general are bred to think it's soft or like gay. Gay to like feel emotions. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about like why that is. What do you think the worst part of like toxic masculinity is from like a girl standpoint? You know, for me, I think the biggest experience I've had with toxic masculinity is their lack of emotional intelligence. I think that's the biggest part of it. You know, a lot of my best friends are are male, straight males, and it's hurtful to watch them go through that, Mm. you know, because they try to be this big, tough person. Mm. It's like, I know, I could see it. I see you, you know, and they they bottle things up Mm. until it's, they get to this point of breaking rather than actually dealing with things head on or showing some sort of vulnerability within themselves, you know? And it starts at such a very young age. With my sister, I've said a couple things to her because there's been a couple times where I've heard her say to my one nephew, like, um, boys don't cry. (laughs) Have you heard that in your life? Yeah. Do you believe it? I was never told that, but it was definitely something that I saw. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to do that because I still to this day have never seen my dad cry. Like, even in situations that he, I figured in my head, like, he's definitely going to gonna cry. Yeah. Still didn't. And so it was like, my uncle passed away a few years ago, his brother. Mm-hmm. And we had this conversation later, and he was like, he told me he felt like I wasn't sad. And I was like, why? And he said, because I didn't cry at the funeral. And I was like, I was watching you the whole time, and you didn't cry. So I felt like I couldn't cry either, because... He's always been who I feel like I'm supposed to be. So I was like, I, I didn't do it because you weren't doing it. And he was like, don't be like me. 
he told me that like that's what I've always been for him is like the way that he can have emotions. And I was like, wow. And it was a vulnerable moment for him, but it was also like weird to me that he felt like that. And he's old, you know, so I don't think he's going to change. But it's like, who made you feel like that? And then when I was a kid, he never he never told me like, don't you know, you can't cry or whatever. And I was never made to feel like I couldn't have like emotions and stuff. But the world kind of made me feel that way eventually. So by the time I was an adult, like that was just who I was, you know. I guess my whole point with that story is that I know she's not the only one that does it. I know that there are a lot of people that do it. It starts at a very young age. We've been conditioned to um, conform to these gender norms at a very young age. From our parents, our grandparents, our great, 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 great grandparents. It's like a thing. The man does the yard work and does stuff with his hands. And the woman is the one that's in the kitchen. She's the cleaner. She's the one that takes care of the kids majority of the time. Yeah. You know, if, if you're hurt, you're going to go to your mom and not your dad. Like These are things that even if in your own household it was not like that you saw this stuff play out in movies and television people that are your peers in school you know there's been so many people that i can think of growing up that when when we were younger they would show emotion or affection yes emotion but affection more so mm-hmm. you know like a lot of your typical manly men are so afraid to show affection, like it kills them to hug you. You just be like, (laughs) (laughs) like they're so afraid to do that. And it's, it's weird. To this day, if I walk into a room where I'm in around people that I don't know and a strange girl comes up to me and is like, oh, hi, nice to meet you and hugs me, I'm fine with that. If a dude that I don't know walks up to me and is like, oh, hey, how are you? And goes to hug me, I'm like, bro, get back, get away from me. I was watching this thing earlier where they were talking about like the term no homo and how like these kids, boys, like as soon as they hit a certain age around 12, 13, they start in order for them to say something nice to their male friend, they got to be like no homo or like pause, like that kind of stuff. Which is so like (laughs) frustrating to me that they associate sensitivity and emotion to gay like that just became this thing it pretty much puts gay people in this you have put them now in a category of like all sensitive all you know what i mean so it's not just like that it's like automatically if a guy shows affection to another guy he's gay but like i know gay guys that aren't like that you know what i mean like you're it's just another stereotype that you're putting on there it's like automatically they think of fairy princesses or something. <laughs> like, well, for real though. I mean, to, to me, one of my best friends was raised outside of the U.S. And he's really like affectionate, doesn't think anything of it. Like, and he would purposely like hug me because he knew how uncomfortable it made <laughs> me for him to do it. And what I always respected about him was that like he never changed. Like he didn't adapt to what I was on. And he would, if anything, go more towards it. Or, like, sometimes, like, try to kiss me on the cheek and stuff. And I'll be like, bro, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. (laughs) So, to this day, like, he's still like that. He never changed. And he's still, like, a brother to me. It's somebody that, like, made me realize it's all right. 
So I, I read that there's this thing called emotional isolation that's like an epidemic in America with people like around our age and younger. Mm-hmm. And they were saying it hits men the hardest because they're kind of conditioned to like internalize everything. I thought about that and I was like, yeah, like I don't really, I have a certain group of male friends that I've had since I was super young. And I don't really have that many newer ones that I've made within the past like 10 years. Even. Right. And I don't really try to like, befriend new dudes like that it's just like i don't connect like that and i think that is part of it because i'm like i'm not gonna have a deep conversation with a guy like that i don't know i can do it with a girl like i can go on a tinder date or something like that and go deep right away but i'm not doing that with a guy that i just met i'm just not doing it it's because you're i feel like it's because you're programmed to feel like women nurturer yeah like even this show like i don't think i could do with another dude I don't think I would do it. That's interesting. We saw, we were watching this TED talk where this guy was saying that we genderize feelings. And mm-hmm. growing up, like, even when you're a kid, like, as a boy, it's always about competing. You're always trying to see who's faster, or who's stronger, who can do a thing cooler. You're always like, oh, that's nothing. Watch this. And I don't think that that changes. Even with cars like you want the fastest car the coolest looking car guys will put rims and wash their cars all the time i'm guilty of it mm-hmm. and it's like for what like to impress girls like nine times out of ten girls don't even care they're like is your car clean does it smell nice great like so when you're driving around in a three hundred thousand dollar car and you drive down the street like dudes are the ones who are looking at that girls might be like that car is loud uh you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't really care about that. I always liked, as a kid, the kids who would rather, who would be like, oh, that's okay. Like, just try it again or something like that. And that's harder to find than a kid that's like, ah, and just murders you and keeps on moving. And you just constantly are trying to, like, keep up and, like, I don't know, compete, basically, mm-hmm. you know? Do you feel like you have changed? As an adult now, it goes back to being just secure in yourself and Mm -hmm. who you are like there's still certain things that i'll react to just off of instinct like i'm not really the type to post like pda pictures and stuff like me here's me and my girlfriend like making out on a bridge like that's not what i'm gonna i don't do that i'm not into that i don't really like pursue pictures like that it's like good for you dog you know i do feel more comfortable and saying certain things or doing certain things or even like telling a male friend of mine like man i love you because even that or like if you need to talk like i'm here instead of like when Mm -hmm. i was younger i'd just be like bro suck it up like like, you'll be fine and i'm not the master of that by any means i still have a hard time uh being like the shoulder to cry on guy because i automatically just want to like solve the problem and so if you're like i need to talk and you're just like i feel like this and it makes me sad i'm like well You know, like, how can you fix that? I'm not going to be like, well, let's cry together. I think girls are more like that where they can, they get it. Where they'll just, like, cry with you and that's it. But it's crazy because, like, Matt, like, you guys go through, like, very similar things emotionally. You guys feel certain things. And I feel like you guys are just afraid to be vulnerable to show that. Because to you guys, that is associated with weakness. And, like, you guys don't want to seem weak. But in reality, it's not weak. Having emotional intelligence is strength. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, I'm recognizing now. But 
it's also a hard conversation to have. Like you wouldn't, I just don't picture myself in a room full of guys like having this conversation. Not, I, I mean, but I think, but that's, but that's what's going to help change. True. Like you having conversations with women about this isn't going to change toxic masculinity. It'll help. I think that it needs to be a joint effort. It needs to be men and women coming together to help it. But it's not going to change if you're not going to take that step and sit in a room full of your male friends and have these types of conversations just to check on each other. Like, hey, man, are you okay? Like, how's everything going on? Mm. You know, for one of your friends, like, had something going on with their family or their work life or their love life or something. Are you catching them and seeing that they're kind of frazzled or anything just being like hey man is everything okay like that's what's going to help move the needle because let's backtrack well i do want to backtrack a little bit because i feel like we're kind of we're hit we're like dancing on certain points but i want to like nail the points let's nail them yes let's start with the problem what do you think is the problem of toxic masculinity let's start there what is the problem from your experience what have you experienced bad from toxic masculinity Part of the reason, like, I don't really like guys is because I never had a word for it, but I think that is kind of what it is. Like, I don't like the bro-y, douchebag mentality of, like, tr- that, that competitive thing. Like, I can out-drink you, or I can get more girls than you, or, like, I don't know, that thing to me. Mm-hmm. Or thinking, like, you can't work, on, like, for a woman, or, like, thinking you're, be- like, smarter than women, or I need to explain this to you because you don't get it. Like, sometimes we don't even have enough time to talk about the cake <laughs> So, like, yeah, we'll touch that on that another time, but, yeah, I get it. And there's a lot of things where that kind of, like, frat mentality of, like, mm-hmm. this is a this is a, a secret club. I just, I don't, I don't yeah, get yeah. that. I don't like that. Like, I wasn't in the And it's sport. I, I was going to point out that. sports because... I know, like, uh, like some people that will will pay attention to sports. They don't even like it, but they'll pay attention to sports just so they're not left out. Yeah. Because like, all like they'll get around. It's like so broy. Did you see the Philly game? <laughs> Did you see the hockey puck and the sports baseball? ball? Yeah. Sports balls. <laughs> I just want to say, there's nothing wrong with that if you truly like it, but don't yeah. feel like you have to conform. And I think that's what it is, is a lot of people are conforming into yeah. what they feel these gender norms should be. And it's harmful. It's not only harmful for the men, it's harmful for the women in their lives as well. That's a bad thing, too. Like when women kind of push this forward in like what they expect from men, too. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of times Absolutely. where like I've been with, <laughs> with a girl or like, you know, I, my girlfriend will be like, I need this thing done. Mount the TV on the wall. I don't know how to mount no TV on the wall. I've never done that in my life. But I feel like I need to figure out how to do that because, like, she needs that done. And rather than pay somebody who knows how to do that to do it, like, I'm going to probably fuck up the wall trying to put a TV on it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dudes do that all the time. Or, like, you'll see a guy doing something in his driveway wrong on his car. And you're like, hey, bro. You want me to help you with that? Like, I work on cars. And you're like, oh, no, I got it. I got it. And then drop the car on itself. And you're like, but that's that ego thing. That's that, like, competitive thing where rather than just say you don't know how to do something, even, like, looking for something in a store. I'll walk around a store for eight hours before I ask somebody where is the, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> the thing I'm looking for. Like, certain men will literally die 
before they ask for help from another man, especially. Mm-hmm. They will literally die. <laughs> like, I, you'd be looking at somebody and it's on fire. Something's on fire. And you're like, can I help you with that? No, I got it. Really? Because it looks like you're on fire. <laughs> like, that's, that's really how I see things play out a lot of the times. So within your circle of male friends, what do you think you have done to perpetuate toxic masculinity? Looking back, do you feel like there are certain things that you can be held accountable for? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even now, I'm trying to like dismantle this like alter ego character that I played into like all of my 20s, which was like, the smart ass, like feel nothing, constantly like going through girls. This, Angry Anthony. Yeah, that guy. I even had a like that was my Twitter. I was doing that, like now in retrospect, one day I kinda just realized like I was doing that to appease people who thought that that's what I was. Like and I think a lot of my friends in that same circle, everybody kinda was playing these characters that everybody else put on them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we were consciously doing it. It was just like, we would just do that because we knew what everybody expected us to say. And then a lot of times I would walk into a situation or be at a party or somebody would say something and people would like look at me looking for the reaction. And now in my subconscious, I'm like, you got to put on the guy. And I was doing that. So now there's certain things that I'll do or say or things that I believe or whatever that people won't either believe me or they'll be like, well, you used to be this guy. You used to say this. Like, what happened to that? And it's just like, we got to evolve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Key at word. the end of the day. Key word. I definitely can be held accountable for a lot of stuff. And I think part of what I'm trying to do now, even with this show, is show my real thoughts on stuff. And, like, have, give myself, like, a space to say, like, my real thoughts on things without playing that character anymore. What I'm realizing, too, is the person that I actually am, like, people like more, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the the funny thing is, I've known Tony for, like, 10 years now. You didn't come off as angry Anthony at first to me. You know, I didn't really see that side of you until our Ruby Hornet days. (laughs) Yeah. At least I didn't. But then, when you came out here and you moved out here, you took on that... I'm an asshole, look at me, <laughs> type of me. appeal. But it was really when it was a lot more people around. Mm-hmm. Like, w- me and Tony can have conversations and it'll be not at all like an angry Anthony. It would be like this. Yeah. I feel like I always saw past that part of you. Mm-hmm. But when I would bring him to certain parties or whatever, people like, yeah, what's up with that? going on with Tony like and it became this thing where people were almost desensitized to how you were they Mm. were just like oh that's just how Tony is but I'm like no guys like so people are looking at me why are you friends with this guy (laughs) oh wow he's angry and mean he's not nice wow and I'm like wait a second but he's not like that when it's just us two but I also think too like that was a defense mechanism for just the fact that I'm shy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I was, like, shy, like, when I was a kid, I would, like, hide behind my dad or, like, 
sit next to whatever adult that I was with. And then as I got older, it just was like, I would play, I would play it off like, oh, I'm just a badass. Like, it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It was like, I felt super awkward. I'm terrible with small talk. And if I'm going to talk to you, like, I just want to go straight to like a point. And if I don't have a point, I just don't want to do it. So I think my um, worst attribute of it was just using it as like a shield. And like I always looked up to like James Bond and like suave movie characters that could just go in a room and like get all the girls and like automatically be cool. And thought that that was real. And like that was how it was in real life. But... It's not like that. Yeah, I think just being true to yourself, it sounds so cliche, but cliches are there for a reason, you know? It's being honest with yourself. We're all, we all have emotions. Mm-hmm. We all feel things. You don't have to keep everything in just because you're a guy. I've never seen him cry until... I had a nervous breakdown. Until he had a nervous breakdown. And lost my sh- yeah, but it never once. To, I mean, he's definitely seen me cry. I cry all the time. I'll cry during a Disney Channel show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my emotions, I definitely don't shy away from them. It's mm. very important to feel and not bottle. Bottles break. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. I think once you can get more comfortable with yourself then you'll be more comfortable with other people and to me a lot of the toughest real guys are the ones who aren't afraid to talk about what they feel who aren't afraid to like tell somebody they love them who can pick up a puppy and say that it's a cute puppy yes i love puppies Tony has this thing, and it's so... I think it's the cutest thing when Tony does this. <laughs> he'll see... They're usually, like, German Shepherd puppies, and he'll see it on social media or even just on our walks. He'll be like, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll always do it in this voice that I know he probably doesn't show other friends of his. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> like, that's what he says. <laughs> now that I'm older and, like care less about people's perceptions and i still have a lot of work to do but i just kind of like am who i am and i've realized that like it hasn't really changed anything like the people whose opinions i care about haven't changed and so at the end of the day who are you competing with all that ego and that like bravado and stuff is just like it doesn't matter a lot of our favorite people are like our grandparents and like, are they Billy Badass beating up people all day? Mm-hmm. No. Like, they're people who've been through it. They've seen it all. And at the end of the day, they just realize all that matters is loving. Like, and that's all they do. And that's where we're all headed, hopefully, to being old. Bow. And that's I mean, all you're going to be able to do. Yes. I guess my goal is to work on that. Be more emotionally intelligent. Be more vulnerable. Just to say that, like... We all should. And call your boys and ask them how they're doing. And really listen. Vulnerability allows you to be relatable. With that said, I just wanted to shout out the people who've been supporting the show. Shout out to Kona. Shout out to JD, Stefan, my aunt Stacy, everybody um, who's really like made an effort to support us and like shared our stuff. Likes our stuff, comments on our stuff. 
it means a lot and i think pretty soon we're gonna figure out some way to like give back to those that have been given to us secret time (laughs) yeah i mean like bouncing off of him thank you to all my family and friends i can't really name everybody but i appreciate you guys um i see you guys and um we'll we'll send you guys something special it's really important for us that you guys are actually listening like it's wild to even think that we'll get more than five views on anything that we do (laughs) to be honest (laughs) so we didn't expect anything and i think that's what's awesome i think what's better than any view is a comment of somebody relating to something that we're saying or being impacted by something that we're saying that's really what this is for we want to be able to create a community and a platform for people to have these types of conversations so that people can relate to it and grow because that's what it's about and to show each other that you know you're not alone on that note <laughs> like and subscribe yeah. share 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 yeah. honestly if you guys can just share it to one other person especially this video you know, i think this is a huge a huge step for tony to even like talk about i think it's awesome to show growth I feel like it can really help open up people's minds. You know, Tony opened up his heart to y'all. So if you guys could just share this to one person that needs to hear about toxic masculinity, that would be amazing. Dope.